Welcome to Dropping In, a podcast of storytelling and interviews with your host, Winter Olympian Mercedes Nickel. Thank you so much for dropping in on Series 10. Now, this is Series where I talk to Whistler kids. I've already done it in one series, and this is the second time I'm doing a whole nother 10-episode series with amazing Whistler kids. Now, if you're not sure what Whistler is, it's a resort mountain town with two amazing mountains in our backyard, Whistler and Blackcomb. Um, but not only do we have athletes in this town, as you've uh, listened and watched the previous episodes, I've had business leaders, um, editors, writers, a lot of very cool people from this town, as well as athletes. So this is episode 70. Uh, this is episode 87, if you can believe it. Let me introduce the guest that we will be dropping in with today. Now, this guest's sister was on the first episode of The Whistler Kids, on episode 17, a mellow winter Olympic champion in ski cross. Some big shoes to fill, but he seems up for the task. He, like many Whistler kids, began to ski from the time that he could walk. He started racing at the age of 11. Now, the 2014-15 winter season, he was only 21 years old and finished his first finished first in the Noram Cup Super G standings. He also made his World Cup debut at age 21. It's pretty cool. Okay, battling through injuries, he qualified for his first Winter Olympics in 2018 at the Pyeongchang Games. Push on to, 20, to winter 2021, when he was 27 years old, there was a huge celebration from Canadians as he earned his first career World Cup podium. He became the first Canadian man to stand on the World Cup Alpine podium in more than four years. So yes, we were all cheering. He has now represented Team Canada at two Winter Olympic Games, including the 2022 Beijing Games in Alpine Ski Racing, Downhill Super G, and Alpine Combined. I'm happy to introduce this brother-son athlete, two-time Winter Olympian, and pretty amazing Whistler kid, Broderick Thompson. Hello. Thank you. (laughs) Thanks for having me. Okay, you've done a lot in the ski racing world. (laughs) How are you today? (laughs) I'm pretty good. Tired from all the training, but great. That's what it's for. (laughs) Yeah, totally. Okay. So we start with 10 rapid fire questions. Your sister had to go through this. Are you ready to go through this? I am ready. Okay. Number one, where in the world are you today? I'm in Whistler, white gold. Does that happen often? (laughs) In the summer, it's it's a nice change of pace, but Mm -hmm. I like to, I say to people, I'm on the road, like 300 plus days a year almost, it feels like. So it's nice to be back in Whistler. Awesome. Uh, This is my like favorite question for Whistler kids. Uh, Number two, Whistler or Blackcomb? (laughs) Blackcomb. Blackcomb till I die. (laughs) Really? You grew up on a Blackcomb kid? Well, the proximity to our house in White Gold was a big thing. Spring skiing taken with our dad by bike with skis mm-hmm. in the back and i think i just grew up on black home and i love that definitely I have a crew that. from black home so okay cool <laughs> that gives you the heart warm feelings of being home being on black home yeah for sure 100 mm-hmm. but i also grew up racing on whistler so i have a i have a soft spot for whistler as well <laughs> do you think like is that just like a training thing or is that like you love you loved it there 
Blackcomb is like the, the mountain, the steeps. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, Whistler is like, I felt always a little more touristy and kind of weekenders. So I don't know. That's just how I. <laughs> No, I totally respect it. I like I like the different views of it because I'm a Whistler kid. But that's mm-hmm. just because my parents went that way. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, Proximity. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so funny. Okay. Um, number three. All right. When you were younger, where was the hangout for like you and your crew? And what then now where is it? <laughs> I don't know. I was always too busy <laughs> to hang out. The mountain, obviously. I feel okay. Like yeah. Whenever I had a spare minute to totally. be going skiing. Yeah. Or just hanging out Lost Lake. I feel like there was always a yeah, cause that's nice and rest close, spot. <laughs> yeah. Super close. It's, so. it's, it's funny as to like where you end up living is like you go to that closest lake. You go to that closest mountain. It's just totally. <laughs> even though it's a very small town. <laughs> It's hard to get my friends to come from Creekside to go to Lost Lake because it's right. such a pain. I know, <laughs> I know, I know. That's so funny. My, my bike. <laughs> um, okay, and now where do you hang out now? I mean, I if I, <laughs> I, I if I were you, I would say the gym because I feel like you're just always there. Uh, I'm, I'm constantly at the gym, but uh, I don't know. You come back and nothing really changes. So when I have a spare minute, walk up to Lost Lake the dog and yeah. nice, <laughs> spend nice. a bit of time in the summer there yeah but, it is uh, getting busy up there i yeah. mean i live at lost lake and i'm like, <laughs> i know it is busy and when it's busy but yeah. i've been fish fly fishing a lot on green lake too which has been nice it's oh, quiet no. so out yeah. like at the spit yeah on the sandbar there by uh where fitzsimmons comes out it's just pretty close oh. to a bike too i just saw people out there it was like the cutest thing they were getting lessons <laughs> Oh, yeah? Yeah, it was probably yeah. Jordan Ling, Whistler Fishing Guys. Very patient human. <laughs> Very patient. <laughs> All right, number number four. Are you a morning person or a night owl? If I need to be a morning person, I can swing it, but yeah. I could stay up late and, <laughs> okay. you know, work do away. You get, do you get your workouts done, like, in the morning, or are you just working out? I early? am definitely a morning workout person. I I can work out in the afternoon if it's usually a second session, but yeah. I prefer the bulk of it to be in the morning for sure. Get it over and done with and then actually have a day. <laughs> and have energy. I feel like that's a big thing for me. <laughs> Especially in the heat of the summer. It's like, oh, long days in the gym are yeah, totally. <laughs> draining. Well, and and like I think being a Whistler kid, like we tend to do a million sports a day. So that's Get true. The- it's hard to... <laughs> <laughs> It's hard to say no for sure. Uh, the other day I had like a workout and I had a, a run with the Oakley crew in the morning, then a workout, and then I played slow pitch. I might have even biked that day too. <laughs> but yeah, I was like drained. Oh, oh, oh. I know that's something <laughs> I learned. The, I learned that the hard way when I had my accident and I was like, okay, I can't do anything. And I like realized I was like, wow, I would normally like bike walk play tennis or like you know in the summer there's so many different sports to do but you do like at least three to five sports a day and you just didn't even know it yeah it's so wild (laughs) that was eye-opening to me too when I had my big knee injury being Mm -hmm. home was nice but I couldn't do anything (laughs) so it's like you're like the first winter I was home basically and 
10 years in the mountain it's dumping every day and i'm like i'm just sitting here <laughs> can't do anything it sucks sucks <laughs> It is like such a game changer for sure. Um, okay, number five. Number five. How do you halfway? How do you start your morning? Coffee. <laughs> <laughs> Period. That's I don't it. I don't know if I wake up first or not. <laughs> but yeah, no, I like coffee. Okay. I've experimented with a lot of different coffee brewing styles and but That's I also like <laughs> like the drip coffee, so what do you That's have in your coffee? One. What do you have in your coffee? Just a little milk. <laughs> That's it. That's all. Okay. But I, I've done a lot of like espresso. I bought a machine uh, in the parking lot of the reuset center from some guy that was taking it there and uh, fixed it up. <laughs> and then so it, it was pretty fun to learn a lot about coffee and <laughs> how well, to I brew mean, a good shot. You're in Europe a lot. So I feel like you like must have good coffee when you're home now because they yeah <laughs> for sure I uh, think I grew up kind of like my parents always put a pot of coffee on and I never liked it until I was a certain age and then yeah. since I actually really enjoyed it, I drink a cup of drip coffee and then yeah learning about everything in Europe and the history of it all was pretty cool that's nice. taste. <laughs> I respect that. Early morning start with coffee. Uh, number six, if you were had to choose, would you choose a book or a TV or a streaming site? I think it depends on the mood, but I often I like I'm a big movie movie guy, so oh, I definitely like to watch old movies, new movies. Okay. Are <laughs> you like a sci-fi, a fantasy? What what are you? Uh, I'm. I would say classics. I don't know. I enjoy like, like The Godfather or like The Great Escape, okay. like old movies, but also like a good movie, uh, good TV. Okay. What 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 uh, show or are you watching right now? Anything? <laughs> oh, uh, there's a new Seth Rogen show on Apple TV oh. that's been pretty funny. Uh, it's called Platonic. Like <laughs> I do like a him. Friends, yeah, but um. Yeah, anything that comes across. <laughs> okay. Entertaining. And now you're okay, so you live for the listeners and the viewers. You live kind of close to the village. And yeah. um we right now we we don't have a movie theater anymore, which is sad. Sucks. But <laughs> it super sucks. I was like every day I'm like, dang it, man, I wish we could go to the movies. Yeah. Um, first world problems. But <laughs> <laughs> we do have movies in the plaza this summer. And I went uh, on Wednesday night and Saturday night to watch Maverick Top Gun because yeah. it's like my all-time favorite movie <laughs> right now. Um, can you hear it from your house or did you uh, go? No, usually you can hear like loud concerts, but no, okay. my sister went. But that's a funny story because my fiance, uh, she is notorious for falling asleep in movies and Top Gun Maverick is the one movie that she has uh, stayed awake. Because it's so I was, loud. It's locked in. So <laughs> I always, she's like, How many movies have I stayed awake in? And uh, I say, like, Top Gun Maverick. <laughs> I don't even say it. But, yeah. It's a good movie. And especially, it good I saw movie. it was playing there. I was, I was just surprised. I, was I know. It was really good. So oh, I just love that movie. Um, okay. Number <laughs> seven, name one thing that you've learned the hard way. But that's a hard question. I feel like it's, I feel like I wouldn't regret 
this, but I always sent it a little too hard, I feel like. And I think I've de- I've more developed a skill in skiing to be a little more in control and a little more like uh, thought out. Yeah. And I don't know if it was like a moment that I learned it or if I'm still developing it, but that's definitely something in my sport that just like super interesting have a little more process and be in control a little more <laughs> i like that that's that's hard to do sometimes when you're like i want to go top speed but try and like exactly down a notch just to yes. stay in control yeah i think growing up i was always like hammer and yeah. um you feel fast but then you realize that you can also be just as fast if you're in control strong and in a good position <laughs> Totally. Which I'm sure that, is similar for for snowboarding and stuff. Like you watch guys that are hucking themselves, yeah, and uh, then you watch guys that are like like uh, Scotty James. It seems like he's always in control and stuff. Totally, like, the game is the game has totally changed in snowboarding. At least, like I was thinking about this the other day. Um, like the first pro snowboarders really to come on the scene, they would work out, but they would like hide that they were working out. Mm. And I think I know in, I know in ski racing, you guys like that is a majority of your routine is working out and you've never hidden it. It's always been yeah. necessary because you take high speed crashes sometimes. High speed crashes, <laughs> a lot of G's. Yeah. It's definitely it's, necessary in our sport. Yeah. It's but wild. I think it's benefiting a lot of guy like, when we're in the gym with like Julia and Truth and they're <clears throat> hammering in the gym these days too. So it's pretty cool to see um, that it kind of step up a bit in snowboard. <laughs> right? In the last, I like, would be 10, the, years. yeah, I would be the reluctant one. I'd be like, oh, I'll do it to the gym again. But by the end of my career, I was like, yeah, I need to go to the gym. <laughs> yeah, which is cool. You saw the whole the whole transition. Almost. It was wild. It was so wild. <laughs> um, okay, so staying in control. That's 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 a really good one. Okay, so I had um, well, I had Bo Jarvis on, who's been helping you out. Yeah. And uh, and when I asked him that question, he's like, everything. I was like, yeah, everything. <laughs> <laughs> um, number eight. What is your favorite sport? Favorite sport. <laughs> I like a lot of sports. But right, I think skiing, name name off name off all skiing, the sports. It's gotta be skiing. Oh, <laughs> all the sports I do: skiing, biking, baseball. I figure skated until I was sixteen. Volleyball, soccer, uh, water skiing. Everything and anything you can do yeah. in Whistler. Yeah, <laughs> plus, anything plus I could fit in. Honestly, it was a lot. <laughs> yeah, totally. Um, number eight, number nine. We're almost there. Um, lakes or mountains? You can say it's both. It's so dependent. I'm saying both. <laughs> Just Whistler in general. <laughs> I know. I say that because we have both and it's like so awesome here. Yeah. It's really cool. I do like a good lake, good clear lake. Mountain yeah. lakes around here are nice. And have, you ever been, have you ever been swimming know. in Green Lake? I, when I was younger, uh, Cody Wilson, we grew up together. Yeah. And they always had a boat. And they always thought I was crazy for wanting to go like without a wetsuit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, but I don't think I've really like gone for a swim in Green Lake. I've I've like uh, wake wakeboarded and wake surfed, but yeah, never just been like casually swimming in a glacier. Like, so yeah. 
Yeah. yeah. Lost Lake's so much warmer. So for the, for our listeners that don't know Whistler that well, Lost Lake's a smaller lake. And then Green Lake is just like comes from full glacier water. Like we all all the lakes are glacier fed, but this one's just bigger and deeper I'm and from up there. <laughs> freezing. <laughs> Yeah. And it has a crazy undertow, so like not the smartest place to swim, no, but a, good for a dunk. You I've what? Been close to, I've been close to the uh, drop off there in my waders, and it gets a little scary. <laughs> I when I was growing up, there was a story, and I still don't know. Jazz and I, my friend, don't know if it's like true, but there was like we were told that there was like a brother and a sister in a canoe. One fell out, one went to get them. And then one got taken out by the undertow. I was like, I'm good. I'm not going in that lake. I don't need to. Yeah, <laughs> like, no, it's no wild. Also, you can't see anything under like two feet in that because of all the glacial till or whatever it is. Yeah, yeah. It's, it is beautiful, but freezing. Yeah. Um, all right, number 10, the last one. What is one core memory from your childhood in Whistler? Uh, I think ski, just like chasing my sister and my dad around on the ski hill from when I was like as young as I can remember, probably yeah. like three years old. <laughs> but so. I remember my dad had like a, he had the little leash, but I was like, no, no thanks. <laughs> I'll just try to keep up to Marielle, you know. <laughs> oh my gosh. Was that like, that's it. You've done the rapid fire. <laughs> Sweet. Now, now we get to talk about growing up in Whistler. But yeah, I want to talk about like you chasing your sister around because um, it's similar. I would have to like chase my brother around. Did you guys grow up in ski scamps as well? We did, yeah. Yeah, yeah. that was pretty um, awesome. It was. I, my mom has a funny story that one time the person asked if I even want, like wanted to ski and uh, I was like, no, <laughs> I'd rather stay inside and watch a movie, you know, like at, at a mid mountain there. And yeah, cause yeah, I yeah. ski all the time. I'm like, if you're giving me the option, I'm not, I'm just going to watch a movie. <laughs> Amazing. Amazing. But, um, after ski scamps. Yeah. We, I feel like my parents took us skiing a lot more just to get our energy out probably than anything. But, yeah. um, I feel like there's a long time where I couldn't beat her at all, like a lot of things. And then one day I started being better and bigger and stronger and it made her better. And I think that's how it worked out well for her. She's two <laughs> years older than me. <laughs> to put it mildly, it worked out well. Ooh, Olympic gold medal, still exactly. going more and more Olympics. Like, me to thank for it. <laughs> pretty awesome. But you also have another sister who's an amazing figure skater. Yes, we do. The, the Which, forgotten one. <laughs> it's kind of like the Janik family where like totally <laughs> exactly the same actually. Mike and Britt and then Steph. And Steph's such mm -hmm. an amazing human. So what's yeah. your younger sister up to? She just graduated uh from UBC in kinesiology. So she's stoked oh. that she can hold that over our heads. <laughs> <laughs> she's but, like, uh, I can fix you all. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um but she's just yeah, same old. Nothing much changes in the Thompson house. <laughs> oh, well, um, other than, like, you're all gone all the time. And I know your mom's, like, a very busy human as well. That's very you're... true, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so awesome. So let's talk about growing up in Whistler. You said you biked everywhere in town, and I have talked about the Valley Trail system mm -hmm. um, on this series and how awesome it is. Like, are you a um, – 
like a downhill biker? Uh, no, not really at all. Actually, I've, I hadn't been in the park in like 10 years. Okay. And I only went a few times before, but then I went this weekend and it was super fun. Yeah. I would do it all the time if I could risk my body as much as that. But um, it's fun. Super fun. It but is fun. How is more your... valley rider? Okay, so you're like um like, like enduro trails. XC, yeah. Of mm -hmm. course you're enduro. Ugh. <laughs> well, enduro <laughs> isn't really like uh, I don't even know what you, it's why you just call like enduro. Up cross country. Basically. Yeah. Maybe a little bit bigger bike, a little more like up and down, but yeah, but but like for a normal person, the kind of biking you're doing is like ridiculous levels, I'm sure. <laughs> Yeah, I'm just trying to keep up to my teammates. They're they sending, and it's it's inspiring, but it's also sketchy for a skier because we got to be ready to go when yeah. November rolls around. <laughs> totally. Do you ever do you have a road bike as well? I do. Yes. Are I've you had, one of the ones that go out to the Callahan? Uh, I haven't actually this year, which is impressive. But I do. I went to Pemberton and back the other day. I, oh, casual, casual. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I ride up Stonebridge and Caden and stuff, but going out to the Callahan, it's a lot of busy drivers, fast drivers, and stuff. Yeah, to get yeah. There, so I I, I just remember being in the gym. I remember being in the gym and seeing like the list of like um, people that had done the bike and their yeah. times, and mm -hmm. I was like, well, I don't even know what's going on there. <laughs> <laughs> you can do it. Uh, I've never been on a road bike. I never. Wow. Yeah, it's I wouldn't I wouldn't say it's something you need to do in your life, but it's definitely a good training tool for our sport because it's like uh develops some big legs. Yeah. No. I think if I did it I'd get addicted. That's my personality. That's also true, yeah. And, you should uh, do the Grand Fondo one year. Vancouver to Whistler. <laughs> Somehow working for RBC in the Olympians program, mm -hmm. I got out of it like every year. I'm surprised. I'm <laughs> you were with RBC I, and you didn't have to ride. I know. I know. I, I was like, I'll go to Toronto this summer. <laughs> no. We also had like amazing bike cyclists on our team, like Zach Bell. And I was like, he can do it. I think he's going to be like yeah, the one. It harder. <laughs> Oh man, have you ever done the Grand Fondo? That's the bike race up from Vancouver to Whistler. For those that don't know, yes, you did. Yeah, I did. I was probably, I don't know, it was one of the first few years that they did it. Yeah, and we did it kind of as a team. Okay, and uh, we just did normal training. It's not like we trained especially for it, and it was it was pretty fun. It was uh, I think like just under four hours. Oh my so. god. Yeah. so casual so i casual. would do it again for sure but um we'll <laughs> i'm gonna be there cheering you on i'm not gonna do it <laughs> um I, I do want to chat about like the transition from like figure skating and all these sports into you becoming a full-time skier when did that transition happen and like if it was in school how did you adapt to everything um i was 16 basically i had to quit well i had to make more time for skiing yeah and uh so i was 16 so i guess grade like grade 10 grade 11. yeah and, mellow years <laughs> yeah <laughs> and uh I hated quitting sports. Like I had a tough time quitting soccer when I was younger. 
okay. a few years younger than that and then and then like missing volleyball or like trying to do track and field and just telling the teacher oh I can't I, I can't come to practice so they'd be like oh if you don't come to practice you can't compete or whatever and I'd be like <laughs> I'm it's not like I'm not training and stuff like that but it was always a tough blow to take when I had to drop another sport for yeah. more time in one but by the end I came to terms with it and I put everything like you're tr- still training like six seven days a week anyway for skiing <laughs> in the gym yeah. and biking and whatever it, it needed so uh it stayed active and I'm grateful for the the, the path I took <laughs> yeah for sure not an easy choice to, to drop sports that you love but mm-hmm. I mean you're still playing softball which is awesome and <laughs> there's <laughs> I mean, that's such a great community. Your family's been in that for years and years. I just, I actually just got a text from uh, Jordan Kabelka being like, can you play on Thursday? And I was like, (laughs) absolutely not. Like, (laughs) Uh, yeah, usually I play Thursday, but this year it's Tuesday and Thursday and I played Tuesday. And then I I made like a team dinner with uh, Tom Akema, Tokyo Tom. Yeah. Amazing. (laughs) And, uh, uh, so I and then someone asked me to play on another team on Thursday, and I'm like, uh, I really would like to, but I've made this team dinner, and it's miraculously come together, so I can't play this. Oh, so sweet! <laughs> now, does your sister still play too? Uh, yep, we play on the same team. My parents' team. After 30 years, we shut it down. The Dreamers. Okay. Yeah. Like Mr. Reimer was on that team, and oh like, a lot of legends came through it, but um. We play with uh, another team now, the Bootleggers, Nestor's. Nestor's oh, nice. Nice. Store, so, yeah. That's yeah, so fun. It's a fun team. Definitely is... lots of community. Right? <laughs> like a family. Like, that is the core community, I would say. It is. It's cool. It's cool that it hasn't changed all that much. Like, I grew up at the ballpark, and there's yeah. kids, little kids running around with no shoes on, and uh in the sand and in the swamp and I was like that was me (laughs) (laughs) Totally, 25 years ago (laughs) that's the thing that I'm trying to get across is like Whistler yes it's a resort town but we have an amazing community and like um I'm sure that you felt it coming home and like when you're injured about like everyone helping you um having such great support systems I'm pretty sure like I can't think of another community that has like as many physios and <laughs> that's definitely true People that help us out. so yeah, yeah i was actually you... thinking about that coming up coming on the show i'm like that came in with a pretty open mind but i'm like what what about whistler and then i thought you know it's the community that makes it what it is and totally. the people and always motivating and accepting you for being an athlete rather than say what are you doing wasting your time but everyone's always like go for it <laughs> you got this. it's you know? so true did you ever have like anyone along the way be like mm, I think you should be going to school I think you should be like doing something <laughs> well the funny different. thing my dad obviously legendary Whistler teacher Mr. T um he supported a lot of athletes along the way and I think he saw that from a young age it was the new teachers that came to town that like he had to sit down and be like you got to chill like most of these kids either want to go skiing or are away skiing so you gotta like accept that they're gonna miss time but they'll catch up and 
and uh, it always worked out. Seemed like for at least me and my friends. So, um, oh, me too. <laughs> Your dad is like a legend, and I I didn't know that fun fact. Like I didn't know that like he had to. That's really cool. Like sitting down with the teachers and being like, mm, oh yeah, just a heads up. <laughs> And then if, I think it happened to me, like a couple of new teachers on here. I missed yeah. had missed like maybe 25 days in the first couple of months. Yeah. Yeah. And for sure. They were like, uh, we can't, you can't be missing this part of school. But I wasn't like losing grades or anything, but yeah, I was missing tests. And they were, I still didn't, don't know how I fully graduated. <laughs> I like people are like, how'd you graduate? I'm like, pretty much I'm sure with art. <laughs> exactly. A lot of art classes. Um, and a huge kudos to your dad. <laughs> yeah. It's funny looking back, like I was uh, at uh, an Oakley dinner with Sean Pettit the other day. And I remember we were, he's a few years older than me, but there was like a class that we all needed to do like uh, online courses to like, oh, yeah. To like buff, buff out our, uh, our year. And it was like me, Callum Pettit, Sean. Yeah. Devin White, like all these guys that were uh, just needing a couple extra credits because we missed school, or yeah. you know, so yeah, <laughs> it was pretty funny. I mean, about that. I think about this kind of often as to how many Olympic athletes or professional athletes your dad helped through school. You should get him on the podcast; it'd be hilarious. I I want to. <laughs> I totally want to. He would be like. <laughs> I don't think he's used a, a computer more than five times since he <laughs> since he retired from being a teacher. So. Well, I do want to get like a legends a legend series going for like Whistler old stories and stuff like that. Yeah. So he's definitely high on my list. <laughs> oh man, funny. going to school here is something else. Everyone's like, "Wait, there's school in Whistler?" I'm like, "Yes, there's school in Whistler." <laughs> I know. I was actually talking to someone about that the other day, and they're. Yeah, it's a normal community. And I feel like the stuff you see on the outside, you look around the empty houses, big mansions. It's like, those aren't the people where people live in Whistler, really. It seems mm -hmm. like it's like. We got, other, we got actually points all the, over the place you see where you're like, your friends grew up and stuff. And I feel like yeah. 20 years ago, it was a little different. Like there was a lot more smaller houses and yeah it's changing a little bit but yeah. the best the best thing is is like i don't know if you're like talking about a subdivision in whistler and you're you're like oh you know we're like uh where jazz used to live or like we're exactly. so, so yeah. you're like i don't actually know the name of the road mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, someone asked me for an address the other day because of something and i was like it's the house past their house <laughs> and i'm like Oh, you actually wouldn't understand that because you have no idea of that. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. I love it. Oh, man. Roderick, anything else about growing up in Whistler? I mean, chasing your sister down the hill um, has really paid off for your whole family, I would say. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <too. laughs> it's been fun for sure growing up here. And uh, I think like the group of friends I had from a young age were all doing different stuff in the outdoor world and uh if it was a different path like one of my best friends growing up just down the street in White Gold Bryn Alexander is a big snowboarder and uh I think it's cool just to see how our paths we we started together and then we're totally at the top on different spectrums so I think that was kind of what Whistler provides and uh yeah. um I think it's pretty cool 
I mean, I also think it creates probably some of the most humble athletes in the world because, <laughs> I mean, people are like, what? You're an Olympian? And you're like, oh, yeah, but, like, I have, like, <laughs> a plethora of friends that live in this town that are Olympians. <laughs> yeah. Or I think like, the town humbles you and the mountain humbles you always, but. Yeah. For sure, for sure. Um, what's up? What's up? The people, such good people. What's up next in your uh, repertoire? Because currently we are July thirteenth, twenty twenty three. What's what's going on for you and your schedule? Coming I go up? to Europe. I go to Europe July twenty third to ski in oh. Zermatt. Yeah, Zermatt for the first two weeks, and then come back for a little bit, and then we head to Chile. So amazing. Going to snow pretty quick, <laughs> back to winter, but it'll be fun. It's been a good. Uh, little little break from the snow so yeah it'll be uh good to get back on snow and start training <laughs> there you go on snow which is better than in the gym i always thought <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure well broderick where can people find you online if they want to follow what you've been up to instagram broad thompson awesome. yeah pretty chill Perfect. Thank you so much for dropping in today. Always great yeah. to see your face. Thanks for having me. It was super fun. Have a good one. <laughs> Thanks. So much for dropping in today. You can find everything you want to know about dropping in with Mercedes at droppinginwithmercedes.com. Don't forget to subscribe on Apple, Spotify, and YouTube. Thanks DJ Kenosis for the music and my mom for the intro voice. Hi, I'm Steve Yurko. And I'm Tara Sands. Now available from Maji Media is our new podcast, Four Kids Flashback. Four Kids is the company who brought you the English dub of Pokemon in the late 90s and so many other shows like Yu-Gi-Oh!, Shaman King, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Kirby, the infamous One Piece dub, and so many more. We'll be talking to the people who worked at Four Kids. Actors, directors, writers, editors, producers, engineers, you get the point. And hopefully get the answers to questions both you and I have about the company. I actually worked there as a voice actor on some of the shows. And I was a kid watching the shows and remember way more than Tara does. And thank God for that. Steve is actually a professional storyboard artist, which gives some really unique insights into anime and animation. Subscribe today wherever you get your podcasts. That's the number four kids flashback. Hi, this is Candace Sampson, the voice behind What She Said. My show is your destination for stories that not only entertain, but also educate and empower. Every week, I spotlight strong female voices from across Canada, women who are changing the narrative and driving change. Don't miss out on these inspiring episodes. Subscribe on Apple, Spotify, and Amazon Music, or head over to whatshesaidtalk.com. What She Said can also be heard on BlastTheRadio.com, Mondays at 5 p.m. and Wednesdays at 7 p.m. That's BlastTheRadio.com. It's time to dive into the stories that truly matter.